In 2019, uh, January 1st, our church began what we called 21 Days of Prayer. And we committed that we are going to take every second of every minute of every hour of every day for 21 days, and we're going to cover all of those minutes, 32,000 minutes specifically in prayer. And there was a few things that we were praying through as a church, but one of the things that I had specifically asked the elders uh, of Genesis to be in prayer about uh, was this, are there areas that we as a church need to be in repentance of? What What I mean by repentance, is there areas that we as a church, we need to change or we need to maybe grow or need to mature in. And following the 21 days of prayer, uh, one of the questions that we began asking ourselves and wrestling with as elders was this question, had we forgotten God? Had we forgotten God? Now, the obvious question is, well, what do we mean by forgotten God? Now, if you spend time in the scriptures, in the Bible, one of the things that you're going to see uh, rather quickly is how God chooses to reveal himself, who he is, what he's like to us. And he reveals who he is as a triune God, meaning one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. That's known as the doctrine of the Trinity or triune God. It's one of the most probably difficult doctrines to understand, to wrap our finite minds around, because after all, how do you grasp, how do you even begin to grasp one God, yet three distinct persons within the Godhead? Now, the Trinity might be hard to grasp, but here's what I don't want us to miss in thinking about the Trinity. To deny or misunderstand the Trinity is to deny or misunderstand the very nature of God Himself. So to either deny that's not who God is or to maybe misunderstand is just to miss who God is and how God revealed himself to us. Now, what is the Trinity and the forgotten God? What's the connection here between those two things? Now, I want to answer that question by asking you some questions. Uh, Think about this for a minute. Have you ever felt like your relationship with God is just stuck? It's just not really going anywhere. It's not really moving forward in ways that you would hope or want it to move forward. Or if you ever feel like you know a lot about God, like you have kind of the head knowledge, but you're not really experiencing or encountering the God that you actually know so well or know so much about. Or have you ever felt like you're just lacking in that dynamic or maybe that vibrant interactions with God on a day-to-day basis? Or you ever read the scriptures and you just think to yourself, wow, why is their story so radically different than my story? Why do they have encounters with God that just seem very far from the encounters that I actually have with God? Or maybe have you ever felt overwhelmed with all that you could be doing? Gosh, I want to be spending more time in Bible or prayer, or I want to be better at sharing my faith, or maybe giving or investing in other people in their walk with God. All of these things that you really want to be doing, but you feel absolutely powerless or exhausted to do. Like all of those things are good things, but when you think about doing any of those things, you're like, gosh, I am just absolutely kind of flat, empty, exhausted powerless. These are not just questions that I'm asking you to consider and wrestle with. These are questions that I have been wrestling with uh, over the past few years. And 
The conclusion that I've come to in these questions is this. The disconnect or that stuckness or that lack of encountering or experiencing God, that feeling of just power, powerlessness or even exhaustion, all stems from this. I've forgotten God. I've forgotten God. Now, I didn't think that I had forgotten God the Father. I didn't think that I had forgotten God the Son. But I think what happened is that I had forgotten God the Spirit. And to somehow in some way forget God the Spirit is to forget God because God is a triune God. He's Father, Son, and Spirit. Now, for me, there were so many times throughout my life, I did not know what to make of the Holy Spirit. So I just figured I'm going to play it really safe thinking I'm just going to stick with Jesus. Like Jesus, He makes sense to me. I'm going to stick with God the Father because I understand the heart of a father. So I'm just, that makes sense. I'll stick with that. But the Holy Spirit, no idea. Not so much. I don't know what to do with that aspect of God. But then I came across a few things that Jesus said that really began to challenge my thinking and my understanding about the Holy Spirit. This is one of them. In John 16, this is what Jesus says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. That language of helper is a reference to the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells his followers, it's to your advantage. Like, this is good for you that I go away. And so the question I, I've been thinking a lot about is, how many of you think that your life and your walk with God would be so much better if Jesus were simply next to you? Like if Jesus was like right here sitting with us, sitting with you, and just Jesus was walking with you, and you're, you could see, feel, touch, experience Jesus, I think many of us would say, absolutely. Gosh, not only would my walk with God be so much better, but so many people around me would also begin walking with God if they could see Jesus. So we either need to conclude that Jesus was lying to us when he said, it's to your advantage that I go away so I can send the helper, or maybe the conclusion that we need to make is that we're missing something regarding our relationship with the helper, with the Holy Spirit. So which is it? Do we think the conclusion to make is Jesus was lying to us, or are we missing someone? Is it possible that we have forgotten God? When Jesus says, it's to your advantage, that certainly got my attention. But then something else Jesus said really got me thinking that I might be not just missing something, but missing someone completely. Jesus made clear to his followers, to his disciples, uh, that he did not want them doing anything until the Holy Spirit, the helper, actually arrived. Now, if you remember, one of the final things that Jesus told his followers is, hey, I want you to go into the rest of the world, and I want you to help all people know who I am so that they might follow me. I want you to make disciples of the entire world. Jesus tells them this is the mission that God has given to you, but I don't want you to even lift a finger doing that mission until the helper comes. 
This is what Jesus says or what uh, is said of Jesus in Acts chapter 1. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he actually was alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before, the gift of the helper, the Holy Spirit. Jesus wanted them to understand, you cannot do this mission that I've told you about. It won't work apart from the helper, apart from the Holy Spirit. You will not be able to accomplish that. But then a few verses later, Jesus paints a picture for them of what his followers would experience when the Holy Spirit would actually come and help them accomplish the mission God had given them. It says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And what I really want you to catch in that verse of chapter 1, verse 8, the Holy Spirit is said to bring power. And so here's the question. Do you feel like you're operating in power in all that you do? Like, do you feel like power is coming from you in everything that you do? Like power in sharing your faith? Like, is there something about the way that you talk about God and share God with family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, classmates, that you're operating in power when you're talking about that? Or for those of you who are married, do you look at your marriage relationship and it's, man, there is power in this marriage? Or parenting, if you have kids, like, do you look at you as a mom or a dad and say, gosh, there is power in the way that I'm relating, connecting, engaging, leading, loving my children? Or maybe your workplace. Do you look at the way that you go about you as a worker, a manager, an owner, whatever the role might be, and say, there is power in how I'm going about my work? Or if you're a student, in the way that you're going about your studies, there is power in who you are and in the role that you have currently as a student. Just think about the friendships or the communities that you're part of. Is it marked by, gosh, there's power in friendships here. There's power in community. Or think about serving or giving or just loving people. Here's the question. Do people look at the way you live and conclude, man, there is something powerful about the way you live your life? Like, would anyone in our lives make the conclusion by just observing Say, there is something powerful in the way you go about how you live every moment of your life. Stressed, tired, often overwhelmed, at times cranky, maybe even moody, but powerful? How often is that said of any one of us? So what I'm realizing afresh is that when I'm living in my own strength, and my own power, relying on my own power, as it were, I've forgotten God. I have forgotten God. And remember, when I say forgotten God, if we ignore the role of the helper, the Holy Spirit, and operate in our own strength, we have forgotten God. Why? Because God is a triune God. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the question that I want all of us to really be thinking through, especially as we're beginning this series today is, have you forgotten God? 
And again, it can't just be filtered through the lens of, oh, I'm, I'm God the Father, I'm good there. Jesus, yeah, I, I get Jesus. I, I like walking with Jesus. Holy Spirit, ah, that's for other types of people. I'm not that spirit guy. If we have neglected or ignored the helper or the Holy Spirit, the conclusion we have to make is we have forgotten God because God is one, Father, Son, and Spirit. So clearly no one wants to say yes to that question. I certainly don't. But again, what I am learning is to neglect or ignore who God is and act as if the Holy Spirit doesn't matter. We have forgotten God. For me and for the elders here at Genesis, we've been really looking forward uh, to this series since 21 Days of Prayer because we don't want to be a people and we don't want to be a church that has forgotten God in any way. But to be honest, it's a tempered excitement that we have uh, because I know that there's often a lot of confusion around talking about the Holy Spirit and not only confusion, I also know that for some people, there's just an awful lot of hurt. So confusion, if someone were to come up to you and say, hey, who's the Holy Spirit? Help me understand the Holy Spirit. Who is he? What does he do? What doesn't he do? What is he like? How would you even begin to answer that sincere question of someone who, I really want to know who the Holy Spirit is. How would you begin to answer that question? Well, the Holy Spirit is kind of like a ghost. But not like Casper the ghost, a different type of ghost. He's everywhere at all times, but yet he's in you. And I know that sounds kind of weird that the Spirit is in you, but that's really important that he's in you because the Holy Spirit reminds you of things, but not like grocery list item types of things and not like to-do list types of things, but reminds you of like God types of things. So obviously I'm being a little bit tongue-in-cheek here, but my point is simple. There's a lot of confusion around understanding who the Holy Spirit is and His role in our life. And sadly, it's not just confusion, but like I said, there's a lot of hurt regarding the Holy Spirit. Because when people often talk about the Holy Spirit, there is a singular, singular focus. And the focus often is on gifts. And where their hurt comes in is when people are made to feel somehow spiritually less or spiritually inferior because they don't have maybe a specific or certain gift. And so the conversation might sound like, oh, you don't speak in tongues, huh? Oh, you don't have that gift of prophecy, or you don't heal people, or you don't have dreams. So you're kind of a Christian, but you're not a spirit-filled Christian. And people say things like that, and people get hurt. They use the Spirit only looking at gifts, and they use it as a weapon to cause guilt or to shame or anxiety or just cause hurt. And I know it might not mean maybe much coming from me, but if that's you and someone has used the Spirit of God to somehow shame you or guilt trip you or just hurt you, used it as a weapon, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that someone has done that to you. But my encouragement and my hope and my heart for you is, is please do not let someone's misuse of the helper, the Holy Spirit, lead you to experience in your life forgotten God. Now, I realize for some, if not a lot of us, just talking about the Holy Spirit, it can be weird. 
It can be awkward. It can be uncomfortable. And for others, you're on the maybe other side of the spectrum of you're just content just to stay with God the Father and Jesus and Holy Spirit. I'm just going to keep him at arm's length because I just don't know what to do. It just doesn't make sense. But please know this. God wants you to encounter and experience his presence and power in a personal way. And that's true of all of you. That's true of me. That's true of all of us here. God wants us to encounter and to experience his presence and power in a personal way, in a very real, in a very tangible way. And I can say that because there are two things I know to be true about the helper or the Holy Spirit. Number one is this. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God given to all who confess Jesus as God. I really want you to hear that language. The Holy Spirit, it's a gift from God given to all, to any who confess Jesus as God. This is what Jesus said in John's gospel. I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. So what we need to know, understand about the Spirit and who He is, is the Holy Spirit is given, it's not earned. There's not something that you can somehow become more spiritual or more moral or more religious or more pious and be like, then you get the Holy Spirit. You can't earn the Spirit. The Spirit is a gift given by God to any and all who confess that Jesus is God, is Lord, is Savior. Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament letter, said this, and now you Gentiles, and a Gentile is just someone who's not Jewish, have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit. So if you're a follower of Christ, if you're a Christian, then you've been given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not just for certain types of Christians, it's for all Christians. The second thing that the Scriptures make clear is this, the Holy Spirit desires to do more with you than you could ever imagine. The Holy Spirit desires to do more with you and in you and through your life than you could ever possibly imagine. One of the most encouraging but also convicting scriptures to me about the Holy Spirit is in Romans 8. It says this, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Just think about that for a moment. The same Spirit that powerfully raised Jesus back to life after He was dead for three days, lives within you. My question is this, why does there seem to be such a disconnect from the way we live and the Spirit that lives within us? If it's true that the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from death to life, actually lives in me as a Christian then why is there often a tremendous gap or disconnect between how I go about living my, my life and the Spirit who brought life to Jesus after He died? Now, clearly, there's many ways uh, to answer this, but I'm just going to share with you where the disconnect has been for me, and maybe you can relate. The disconnect for me, I summed it up like this, fear of the unknown. That's where the disconnect has been for me. The way that I live my life and the spirit that lives within me, there's a disconnect. And I can trace it back to fear of the unknown, 
fear of if I truly submitted or surrendered my life to the spirit that's in me, well, gosh, that kind of freaks me out. What kind of life does that ultimately look like? Will I have to change? Because I don't really like change. Will I have to do or say awkward or uncomfortable things? Because I don't like doing or saying awkward or uncomfortable things. Will I receive spiritual gifts that kind of freak me out and maybe freak other people out? Tongues or healing or prophetic words or dreams because I don't like being freaked out. And I don't like doing that to other people as well. So the list of questions that I've wrestled with is much longer than this, but I can attribute the disconnect between the way I live and the spirit that has been given to me in fear of the unknown. Maybe you can relate with that, but I would ask you, what might be the reason for the disconnect for you between the spirit that lives in you and the same spirit that raised Jesus back to life? What's the cause for that disconnect? I believe that the Holy Spirit has more for me, so much more for me. And I believe with confidence that the Holy Spirit, the helper, has so much more for you. And it's really the conviction of our leadership team here that the Holy Spirit, the helper, has so much more for us as a church that we would not be men and women who are walking around and have forgotten God. I do not believe Jesus gave us the helper, the Holy Spirit, so we could live tired and stressed and angry and frustrated and overwhelmed, not really growing and maturing and moving forward in our faith and certainly not being able to help those around us come to faith. I actually believe that Jesus gave us the helper, the Holy Spirit, so we'd experience and encounter the Holy Spirit in personal and powerful ways. And not just one time and not just twice, not just when you go to a conference or you come to church on Sunday, but every moment of every day that we would experience and encounter the Spirit in personal and powerful ways. So I just, I'm going to invite us to pray. And the one thing that I just wanted to ask and invite you to pray something that I've been praying a lot. Holy Spirit, am I missing something? And if I am, would you reveal that to me so that I can repent where I need to repent, change where I need to change, grow where I need to grow, mature where I need to mature, and move forward where I need to move forward? Is there somehow, some way that I've forgotten God by forgetting God the Spirit? So just let that be your prayer for a moment. Our worship team will lead us in some songs, but just let that be your prayer. Am I missing not something, but am I missing someone?